Spirit. The most, I think, aside from salvation, one of the most important subjects we can learn in, in Scripture is to be led. Why? Because when we're led by the Spirit, we'll walk in love. When we're led by the Spirit, we'll have giving hearts. When we walk in the Spirit, right, we'll be in the right places at the right times. True? True? Well, oh man, come on now, I need a little better than that. True? True. Man, we've got to follow the Holy Spirit, right? And uh, some of you, I know, have heard stories of already dabbled in some of this and found out the Holy Spirit is talking to me. That's is awesome, right? And he wants to guide us and direct us in every area of our lives. Not just the big stuff, all of it. Amen? Amen. And it's a big deal. So turn with me, if you would, to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, <clears throat> 5 and 6. Today we're going to talk about being hungry, hungry for the things of God and how that helps with being led by the Spirit of God, being hungry. Anybody ever been hungry? Boy, when you're hungry, you find something, don't you? I got a two-year-old. She just is hungry all the time, and she's figured out how to climb up into the fridge and stand. It's, it's kind of a proud dad moment. She'll get both doors open and stand on the freezer door and just scan. What? looks good and if she can't reach it daddy (laughs) i want the pickles (laughs) it's like yes that's what i do i don't even get stuff out sometimes i just open and just look is there anything i want in here at all man i just love it proverbs chapter three verse five says trust in the lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths Trust in the Lord with all your what? Your heart. What's your heart? Your spirit. Your inward you, right? Trust in the Lord with this and lean not on your own understanding. That means you're going to have lots of information that you're going to have to dissect, right? You're, you're, we're constantly dissecting information. We're gathering. We're figuring stuff out. But the Bible says that while you're doing that, don't lean on that. Trust in the Lord with your heart. That doesn't mean abandon all understanding. It just means once you've gathered the information, then the, the decision comes from the heart right true so <clears throat> he's saying trust in the lord with all your heart learn that learn to trust the lord with your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall he shall direct your paths that's good news amen romans 8 romans eight fourteen. another text we have for as many as are led by the spirit of god romans eight fourteen. for as many as are led by the spirit of god these are the sons of god that's sons is male sons and female sons. It includes all of us, okay? That's humankind, so don't get hung up on that. But those that are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God, right? We gotta be led by the Spirit of God. The Bible says that those that are led by the Spirit of God, the, he's saying, those are mine. They're, they're following after me. That's a good thing. Verse 15, for you did not receive the Spirit again, the Spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the Spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit, that we are children of God. The spirit himself, who's that? The Holy Spirit, the spirit of God bears witness with our spirit, your human spirit on the inside, recreated and brand new, right? Bears witness with your spirit. You are, you are mine. You're my kid. That's what he's saying. You're my kids. I've adopted you. You're in, right? If you've been saved for very long, there's not very many people that talk you out of it, huh? Right? Like you're not saved. Yes, I am. I know it. Why? Because the Spirit himself is born witness with my spirit on the inside saying, you're mine, right? There's nobody talking you out of that. True? That's the Spirit of God. 1 John 5. These are our texts. 
that we're covering these scriptures we're using follow after the spirit of the living God. Thank you, Lord. In the earth today, amen? It says he will live in you and be in you and dwell among you, right? Spirit of God. Thank you, Lord. First John 5. Y'all just need to wake up just a tiny, tiny bit. I know it's a little warm, but don't settle in too much. John, First John 5. <clears throat> Verse 9 says this, if we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he has testified of his son. He who believes in the son of God has the witness in himself. There it is again. He who believes in the son of God has the witness in himself. That means the spirit of God bears witness with your spirit that you are his. Amen. This is also the same way that we hear from God. That voice that we like to call the conscience, that that inner us that we sometimes pat ourselves on the back for <laughs> intuition it's the holy spirit speaking to our spirits our spirits on the inside <clears throat> so we've learned a couple of things about the holy spirit one we've real we've learned over the last several weeks that he is a person amen he's not an it or a thing he is the third person of the godhead and he is very active in the earth today true and so in knowing that, then we can trust him and rely on him to speak to our hearts. And that is so important that we do that. Yeah. And he will bear witness with our spirits. So we will hear from the word. We will hear from the Lord and the Lord and the Holy Spirit will talk to us through the word. When we're reading the word, he will talk to you when you're reading the word. He will show you things in here you never saw before. It's amazing. And then uh, on the inside, as he bears witness with our spirit, he will lead us through our own spirit. Because your, the Holy Spirit does not communicate with your mind on a regular basis. He will communicate with your spirit. That's why we got to learn to listen to our spirit, who we really are on the inside. Now, our spirits will bring stuff up on the inside and illuminate your mind. Like, oh, that's an interesting thought. <laughs> yeah, well, your spirit knew that already. It's just trying to get it through the blockades, right? That we kind of put in our way that kind of choke, choke out us listening to our hearts, the cares of this life, Right? And so our spirit's talking to us, trying to illuminate our mind. And that's another way the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us is through our own spirit because the Bible says that his spirit is one with ours on the inside. Isn't that amazing? God decided to infuse himself with us. That's awesome. We've got the living God living inside of us. I mean, you could just spend the rest of your life smiling just from that one revelation right there. God lives in me. Thank you, Lord. And he will communicate with your spirit and then your spirit will say, hey, Mind, wake up. <laughs> this Something's going on. We need to get this taken care of, right? This is how he talks to us. And then there's a third way that the Holy Spirit will speak to us, and he'll just, he'll just talk directly to us. Now, this doesn't happen very often, but we see it throughout Scripture where Paul heard the voice of the Lord. He said, Paul, why are you persecuting me? Heard it. It was audible. We aren't to seek after the audible. We're to, the Bible says that we're to listen to that inward witness, that still small voice. Now, if God's going to talk to you in an audible voice, I'm telling you right now, just from experience of seeing the other folks that have said, the Lord has spoken to me audibly, buckle up. Because if he does that, that means you need something solid, 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 solid to hang on to for what's coming. So do not, I repeat, do not seek after an audible voice of the Lord. Everybody understand? It is far better to be easily moved by a still small voice by the Lord. When he says, mm, you need to come over here. And li little nudges, right? Anybody ever been on a horse? Three people? Okay. So horses can be like, 
horses can be like irritating sometimes if they're not well trained, right? I mean, you've, you've got to either just fight and claw to get them to do what you want. So they'll take off on you. They'll do all kinds of stuff. But a, but a good broken in horse that is just docile and older, those are the ones that they put the kids on, right? That aren't just rearing to go. You could just the slightest, the slightest rain on their neck, just they're immediately turning, right? Slight, you know, just a slight pull on the reins and they stop. That, that's the kind of human beings for our creator we want to be. Just the slightest nudge, the slightest pull. Nobody wants to be a donkey. You don't, I'm telling you. If the Lord's got to try to get a hold of you and drag you, he's just going to let you stay there till you decide you want to do something. You do not want to be a mule, right? Say, I don't want to be a mule. <laughs> it's true. You don't. You want to be easily guided by the Lord and he will easily guide you. And it's far better to just say, okay, Lord, I'm submitted. Tell me what to do and I'll do it. It's far better. Amen. <laughs> Last week we talked about the seamer. Where's your seamer at? What does it seem like to you? You know, the entire book of Luke was written because to Luke, it seemed like a good thing to do. The entire book of Luke was written because Luke said, you know, it seemed good to me that I should write you this account. Not an audible voice, not an angelic visitation. The entire book of a Bible that Luke wrote was written because it seemed good. That's amazing. That means there's things in your life where you're trying to make a decision and you're just like, it's not crystal clear. But on the inside, one seems good. We should, this, and then you just take a step, right? Easier to move a parked or a moving car than a parked car, right? If you take a step and you step out there, even if you miss it, you could say, hmm, I know where, I know where safe was. We'll just come back, right? What do they call it? Drop, drop back, drop back and punt. Even if you got to drop back a little bit, say, okay, Lord, I might've missed it there. Show me where to, show me where to go. It's better to just follow that seamer and say, okay, yep, that seems good. Let's do that. And then the Lord will reveal the next step. He will not show you the whole path, right? Because if you're anything like me, I would skip three, four, and five because six is where I want to go, right? We'll just jump to that. That's why he doesn't show us all the steps. He shows you the one in front of you. Take this one and then take another one and then take another one. So we saw that the seamer, that it seemed good. Silas stayed in town when he was commissioned to go home. He stayed in town because it seemed good that he stay. And when Paul and Barnabas split up, there's Silas and the Bible follows Paul and Silas the rest of the way. And Silas was just in the right place at the right time just because it seemed good amazing so don't discount the seamer don't get discount your seamer right check in on your heart check in lean not on your own understanding right trust in your heart okay the seamer it's important thank you lord so i want to talk today a little bit about hunger having hunger you know um being hungry is a powerful motivator isn't it uh the bible talks about fasting and uh, setting time aside where, where uh, you're not distracted, where you have set aside food, uh, even drink for a time, and just said, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to rest and hear from the Lord fast. And I don't recommend you do no water for very long. You need to drink water, okay? But there are times when you should fast. Fast a meal, fast a day, fast a couple of days. What are, what are you facing? What do you want to hear from the Lord? I encourage you to fast. It's a big deal. Because when your body is screaming, I'm hungry, it will remind you that, oh yeah, I'm supposed to be seeking the Lord and praying and hearing from him and get quiet. It's a good reminder. And it's good to just tell your flesh no. Everybody figure that out? It's good to just tell your flesh no, right? 
Anybody have, you have to get up at the gym in the morning, go to the gym in the morning? Yeah, you got to tell your flesh no because your, your flesh wants to go snooze, 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 rip it out of the wall, throw it, right? But you got to tell your flesh no sometimes. So it's interesting that hunger, the Bible talks about us that, uh, that we should seek after hunger and thirst after the things of God. It's so important that we do that. If we want to be more and more led of the Spirit, it's going to require a little bit of thirst, a little bit of hunger, a little bit of desire. And what's interesting about hunger and desire and thirst in us is that uh, what we put our focus and our attention on will actually become bigger. True? Um, you guys ever, uh, you know, launched into the land of Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace? Okay, a couple of you. Like, yeah, I'm addicted. Um, Okay, we can pray for that later. But uh, when, when you get in there and you're looking for anything specific, you start finding out how much things cost, um, what things are in good shape, what things are not in good shape, how close they are, if it's a good deal or not. Uh, you start looking, right? And then if you look for any length of time, you start recognizing, ooh, that's a good deal. And oh, that's pretty. And ooh, I haven't seen one of those before. And before you know it, you are finding a way to get this thing. And it's because you've put your, your attention on it, your focus on it. It happens all the time. They rely on these things. And so with the things of God, if we're gonna be hungry for them and thirst for them, we're gonna have to put our attention on them purposely. And, and I think it's funny because as Christians, I think we almost look at um, spending time in prayer or in the word as like something we just have to get done rather than something to be desired. <laughs> I mean, the creator of the planets and the stars wants to fellowship with us. Think about that. I mean, he wants to spend time with you. At the same time that we're all doing it, he can do it without forgetting who's who. It's amazing. And if we look at it like that and just see the, the depth and the wealth of what God wants to do in our lives, spiritually, physically, emotionally, I mean, it would be like priority one. I found times in my life where I'm like, it is absolutely a physical, tangible, noticeable difference when I spend time, uh, an, extra spirit, an extra period of time during the week or during the month. When I've just set aside, I'm gonna spend some extra time. It is noticeable. It's noticeable. Because there's something that happens when you fellowship with the Lord. When you put his word first, when you hunger for these things, there's something that happens tangibly in your life. It's amazing because you're putting the word first. You're honoring what he said above all else. And when you put the word in, when the word's in you, right? Because there's a difference between you just understanding it or knowing about it and it being in you. When it's in you, then it'll come out at the right time. The word of God will come up. He will bring things to your remembrance right when you need them. And I'm telling you, the word of God will change your life for the better. I mean, it will absolutely revolutionize and change your life for the better. But we've got to put it in. He is not going to make us. And it takes, it takes some time. It takes some discipline and some effort. But boy, are the rewards so good. It, it changes the way we react when we're in crisis. It changes the way we react when we come up against a blockade or a speed bump or a distraction because the word in us, we know, will change that situation. So when it comes up, we don't go into launch, panic, DEFCON 3. We just go, well, what does the word say? Right? That's a good question. You should say that. What does the word say? Let's, we can do it better. What does the word say? That should be our question. Every time something comes up, what does the word say? What did God say about this? What does he say about me in this situation? I mean, 
we start asking that question and we go, well, I'm not really sure, but I'm going to go find out right now because I know this makes a difference no matter what I'm staring at, right? So when we take the time to digest, to dive in, to put it in, you know, I say this a fair amount and I'm going to keep saying it. You should have at any given moment, you should have five scriptures you have memorized that you can recall right away for whatever you're going through right now. All of us, five scriptures. What is it? Because God will lead you to the right scriptures for you. And, you know, I've, I've, the Lord has led me to scriptures where I have seen something that the Lord showed directly to me, and I tried to share it with somebody else, and they went, that makes no sense to me whatsoever. <laughs> because it wasn't for them. He showed me something for me, right? For me. And, and that's, that's the beauty of this, is it's just endless, boundless, rich, deep, if we spend some time in this. So I'm encouraging you, and encouraging you to encourage your kids. Five scriptures is not difficult. I mean, you've got, you've got that much memorized in your favorite song lyrics, <laughs> at least. Five scriptures, man. Putting the word of God, the life-giving power of God in our hearts and our minds so that we don't lean on our understanding, but we trust in the Lord with all our heart. And then the word comes up out of our heart and goes, that was perfect for this. God, how did you do that? And he goes, you're just, you're just putting it in. You're trusting me with my word. I'll bring it to pass. It's amazing but having a hunger for it. So Matthew chapter six, or excuse me, Matthew chapter five. We'll get to six in a minute. Matthew chapter five is the beginning of the chapter talks about the Beatitudes. Jesus read through the Beatitudes. And in verse six, the Bible says that the blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. There is just something that comes to a man or woman of God that is just hungry for the things of God. Now, we all have to live life. True? Anybody figured out how to just coast yet? Yeah, you still got to brush your teeth and take a shower for the love of everybody here. Please do both of those things, right? You still got to find new clothes. You still got to go to work. You still got to pay the bills. You've got to do all these things. But when we get so intent on what God wants to do in our lives, we can live that life out with this other purpose of, God, what do you want, to, what do you want me to do? I want to hunger and thirst after what you have for me. We spent... Um, a good chunk of time several weeks ago about the gifts of the Spirit and how they're supposed to operate in our lives, not just in this church setting, but outside of the walls of this place into other people's lives. And it's an amazing opportunity for us to be able to do that when we're just yielded and willing. But it starts from a, a, a basic foundation level of saying, Lord, I'm hungry, for, I'm hungry for what you want for me. I desire these things. Paul said, earnestly desire the best gifts. That means there's gotta be some 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 bite in there, some hunger to say, you know what? I, you and I, you and I, we could live our whole lives. Pay the bills, raise the kids, pay off a house, take a nice couple of vacations, maybe even buy a vacation home. I don't know. Go flying, all kinds of stuff. You could just, you could, you could live your whole life doing all that. All right, especially for the pilots. You could, you could live your whole life doing that and get to the very, very end and realize that you hadn't yet stepped into one avenue of God's perfect will for your life. It is absolutely possible and still be a great person and love the Lord and go to church. And, but I'm telling you, you have a destiny and a calling and a purpose for you right where you're at with who you're working with, with who you're around, your rascal neighbors, whoever that is, you've got somebody around you that God has called you to, to be a blessing to. And when you've got the word of God on the inside, when you're hungry for the things of God, he will use you to bless them. It's fun, but it requires us going, okay, Lord, I'm willing. 
Show me what to do. Time is short, man. I mean, it's, have you noticed the weeks are just, I mean, we're in October, right? I mean, have you noticed just time just keeps ticking away whether you're ready or not? And Jesus is coming back. I'm telling you, he's coming back soon. And we will stand before him and give an account. And it won't decide heaven or hell for us, not the believers, but it will decide reward. And we will look back and go, man, I could have done so much more. I think it's interesting in heaven. I like to talk about heaven, right? Because it's real to me. That's my home. You and me, we're going to be neighbors. It's going to be so good. You're going to think I'm crazy. But it's going to be fun. It's going to be good. There's going to be stuff to do. And I've heard people say, well, in heaven, you know, you'll get there and there won't be any regret. And I'm thinking, you know, if that's true then we got to throw some stuff out that God talks about working for some reward and being willing to sacrifice. Because if the people that have done that and said and abandoned all and said, Lord, I'm giving you everything, I'm sacrificing, there's a great reward for abandoning all and serving the Lord with your whole heart. There's a great reward. But if those that come after, that lived the whole lives and didn't abandon anything and just said, whew, glad I made it. Gates just caught me on the way in. If there's no regret for them, then it diminishes the reward. There, there has to be, heaven is not socialistic. <laughs> there, are, there are hierarchies. There are, the Bible says that there are people that will get, get greater responsibility in heaven because of their faithfulness in the earth. That means you'll be able to look back and go, man, if I'd have done a few extra things, I might have gotten a little more responsibility up here. Come on now, don't get sad on me. This is important. This is to, to be motivating for us to say, Lord, what can I do? Because he told us, think about this. I'm coming quickly and I bring my reward with me. That means it's coming and you're going to give an account. You and me, we're going to give an account to the Lord. And there'll be no excuses. You won't be to say, well, my husband or my wife or you saw where I was raised. None of that's going to fly with the Lord because we're responsible to him. And he knows exactly where we were and what we came from. Right? It's coming. It's meant to be encouraging. The, the great hope of Jesus coming back is to light up Christians, to be excited about his coming. Right? Not to go, oh man, I hope he doesn't come back tomorrow because I got so much stuff to fix. We should be looking to it going, yes, Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. And be excited about it. It is a great hope for us. Right? Even being 42, right? Two. 42. I'm thinking, man, there's so much more I want to accomplish, but I'm so grateful for what he's given me responsibility of now. And you know, my folks have served in ministry for decades, right? They're like, Jesus, anytime, like we're, we're good to go, right? This afternoon would be great, so I don't have to decide on lunch, right? I mean, it, we're all in different stages. You know, my 10-year-old, I talked to her about, I talked to my kids about heaven. My 10-year-old's like, is he coming back like before I'm going to be in college or married? Or she's asking all these questions because she's got all these This drive and this excitement to live life, which is exactly what we should have. But listen to me. Life does not end when Jesus comes back. It just gets started. Eternity's long time. You guys figured out how long that is? There's lots of stuff to do. Lots of fun stuff to do. My mom's like, are we going to work up there? Remember, we're talking, we're going to work up there. Yeah, there's going to be stuff to do. But imagine having stuff to do and not being tired, right? Not having to go take a nap. You're not... It's, it's amazing. Boundless energy, the ability to do whatever God called you to do, and then just, yes, let's go do it. 
going to be fun. All right, somebody need to hear that. That was not in my notes. But heaven is real and Jesus is coming and we got to live life on purpose every single day. You will not regret it. Okay. <laughs> Yeehaw. I'm excited. Can't you tell? Matthew chapter 6. Very familiar passage. Matthew chapter 6. Seek first. Anybody know it? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So important. We get so caught up in the stuff, right? But God said there's something about the seeker and those that are hungry and thirsty to go after the things of God, that these things will be added. So if we'll just flip the switch a little bit and say, okay, Lord, I still got to pay the bills. I still want to go to work. I still want to get a promotion. I'd still like to see some increase in my lives, but I'm seeking you first because he's the promoter. He's the increaser. Trust me, if you want it, you want it his way anyway. Because when he, when he blesses you, he adds no sorrow with it. When you get it on your own because of hook or crook, <laughs> there's sorrow that comes with that. You see it all over the place. God's not opposed to his kids being blessed. I mean, you, you, can't, you can't get three pages in here without seeing some blessing going on. Right? He's not opposed to that. He's opposed to people just always wrapped up in that, in the stuff. He wants us to think about him. He'll take care of the rest, amen? But there's a hunger. That's what I want you to see. This seeking is important. Now, I'm gonna tell off on my wife while she's sitting on the front row, but she did share this on Facebook, so I am mostly safe. But she lost a shirt this week. And I'm telling you what, the world stops when Cody can't find something. <laughs> and it's, it's kind of funny, but if I laugh, I'm in trouble. So I have to be super serious, super serious. Um, and at some point she goes, you know, are you going to help her? I'm like, yeah, I can think of a couple places I could look, but I don't know where your shirt is. So, you know, you can spend a lot of time kind of OCDing for stuff. It's true. She didn't admit it. And it, it turns out, you know, of course, right? Somebody else had it from something else that was given away. And there it was. It's found. Yay. Thank you, Lord. But two hours of looking for stuff. The beauty of the two hours is lots of things got put away and cleaned and thrown out. So it was wonderful. So it was a huge blessing, right? But, you know, there's something about seeking. When, you're, when you've lost something and you need it, you will tear stuff apart to find it. Is that true? How about keys, right? And we got a two-year-old? Keys disappear sometimes. And you got to tear stuff apart to try to find them. And there's something about that hunger and that thirst and that seeking that just gets a hold of you. It grabs your focus. It grabs your attention. So I want to challenge you this week to allow the Lord to give you that hunger and that thirst, that you just stir it up on the inside and say, these are the things I want in my life. I want God to move in my life. I want God to move and use me as a vessel so that I can be a blessing to somebody else. I want to hear the voice of God on a regular basis. Because as believers, that should be absolutely normal. That is not an, an off-the-wall, once-in-a-lifetime thing. Believers should be hearing from the Lord on a regular basis, consistently. I don't mean weeks and months. I mean daily. Little adjustments, little tweaks, little witnesses on the inside. Do this. You need to pray for them. You need to call them. You need to be. Uh, you need to spend a little more time in the Word this morning. You're going to need it. Like really? Trust them. Trust them. Get up a little early. Spend the extra time. It'll be worth it. We should be hearing for them every day, right? Everybody say every day. Every day. That is normal for a Christian. It is abnormal to not ever hear from God. That's abnormal. That should be concerning to you. I haven't heard from God in like 
three years. You should check up because he's talking. Yeah, everybody okay? First Corinthians chapter 12, earnestly desire the best gifts. And Paul said, I show you a more excellent way. <clears throat> There's something about that hunger. When, um, <laughs> just in a natural sense, Cody and I did this, um, we did this uh, cleanse. It's called the lemonade cleanse, but it's basically just to help detox your body. We didn't do it because we saw it in scripture. We just did it because, you know, we felt like we needed to do it. And it was for our health. So while we're doing this cleanse, you're not eating any food. You're just drinking this concoction of juice and your body's detoxing, okay? Sounds kind of crazy. It is, um, but it was good for us. So in the middle of that, we had dinner plans to invite somebody over to our house, but we didn't tell them that we were only doing the, the lemonade. So when they came over, their kids and everything, we cooked all this food and these hamburgers and stuff. And we, we sit down without any plates with our little concoction. And they're like, are you guys not eating? And like, well, we're kind of on a cleanse. And like, what? <laughs> You're what? Like you invited us over for dinner. We're like, well, we, we wanted to just have some fellowship with you. We wanted to get along and, and see how things are going, you know? And so it was, it was kind of comical for us. But as they're eating, we're like, so is it cooked okay? Does it taste right? Do you need some more sauce? Do you need French fry? Do you need anything? <laughs> Every bite, you know. But I mean, it's just like one of those things when you're hungry, right? There's just something that just draws your focus and your attention, something that you're looking forward to. When we're done with a cleanse like that, we have a list of things we're excited about eating again, right? It's amazing. And we just gradually work our way right through that list. But there's something about just being hungry and just putting yourself in a position of being hungry for the things of God. And it requires time, and it requires discipline, and it requires effort. But it is so worth it. It's so worth it, right? You figured out in your life that anything that it is valuable to you came from and required some sort of effort. True? Gifts are wonderful. But when you earned it or worked for it, or when you set stuff aside or time aside or, or um, made a friend and like set a time, that's valuable to you, Right? And the same thing's true with the word. It's so important. So my question to you is to be thinking about and hearing from the Lord of what is your ministry? What is your ministry? And that's not directly connected necessarily to a full-time ministry of the gospel. We all have a ministry, every one of us. We have it in our church to be a blessing to each other. We serve, we help in kids and ushers and sound and worship and all that. We do that. But you have a ministry yourself. You have a ministry, what you have called to do. And God's going to show you what your thing is, how you can be a blessing and a help to people. And I promise you this, it's always, it's always coupled with prayer. Every single one of us, we're all called to a lifestyle of prayer, but God will show you and lead you and direct you in what your ministry is. And yes, it's important that we take care of our kinfolk, right? We should be doing that. The Bible says, if you don't take care of your kinfolk, worse than an infidel. That's what the Bible says. We're supposed to be taking care of our, our kinfolk, our kids, our family, absolutely. But beyond that, you have a ministry. You have something that God is calling you and directing you to do where you can be a blessing and he will lead you and guide you in that. And it is so fulfilling. So I can't sit up here and tell you what that is for you. The Lord, the Lord will show you. Almost always it starts in a smaller level. <laughs> let's, let's just take the almost off. It always starts in a smaller level than where you are going to end up. Because God's got to test you and put you through the, the fire. Not a temptation, but there's a refining that happens in the fire. Amen? Where you burn out some of the stuff that you, because you can't lead up here until you've learned to serve down here. Does that make sense? So trust the process. 
Trust the Lord in his process. Do what he's asked you to do. And I promise you, it'll just, it'll be so good. Amen? So good. Thank you, Lord. I'll read you one last scripture. Matthew chapter 7. Next chapter over. Matthew chapter 7. You guys doing okay? It's 11.04. We made it. We made it. 11.04. (laughs) Matthew chapter 7. Thank you, Lord. Verse 7. Oh, verse 6. Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you in pieces. I'll come back to that. Verse 7 says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. To him who knocks, it will be opened. That means God said, if you'll seek, you'll find it. If you'll ask, you'll receive. If you'll knock on the door, it will be opened. But it's interesting that he prefaces this verse, and there's more text in here. You can go back and read it. But it's interesting that he prefaces this verse with, don't cast your pearls before swine. Don't give what is holy to the dogs. That means when God talks to you and he speaks to you specifically, don't tell everybody about it. There are certain people that you can reveal that to and share that with because the enemy will use what the Lord's shown you with unrenewed, even sometimes even just carnal Christians, but other people too, and, and use it to put you down, to mock it, to make light of it. And the Bible's saying, don't do that. When he's giving you something precious and it's about you, you keep that, you hold that close, you share it with people you can trust, but you don't just say, tell your whole family, guess what? This is what the Lord showed me because they're not ready for that. They don't understand what that means. Does that make sense? So that should help you a little bit because the enemy's trying to discourage you and the Lord's trying to encourage you. And he gives you a little bit of wisdom here. If you're going to seek and find, if you're going to ask and receive, if you're going to knock and it's going to be opened, make sure that you don't just throw those, those pearls, those good things that God's put on the inside to just anybody and everybody. Find your faith, buddy. Amen? Somebody even pray with you. So God is good. You got any hungry folks in here? Naturally and spiritually? <laughs> I'm telling you, it's worth it. It's worth it. Take some time. Spend it with the Lord. He will reveal some things to you. Whew, and it opens up. Show you what to do. How to get there. It's awesome. God is good.